It's an amazing thing, mothers. It's an amazing thing being a mum. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. And Julie's just about to find that out. It's just an amazing thing. God, what were you thinking? It's just amazing. Like, God, you're so generous. When you give out gifts to people and you give us the gift of motherhood, wow, he's so generous. In Genesis, God created man and woman. We know that. He created man first and then he says, Look, it's not good for man to be alone. Now, we know that man was totally created in the image of God. Is that right? In the likeness and the image of God, man was created. And so when he said it's not good for man to be alone, I need to make him a counterpart. I need to make him a helper. I need to make him a woman. He couldn't make another one because God is one. So if he made another human, it would be God in, God would be two. But God's not two, God's one. Is that right? So if, if man was made in the image of God, it has to be one. He can't make two because God is one. God is one God. And so God puts the man to sleep and he goes in and he takes the rib, which is the closest thing to the heart of man and the closest thing to the heart of God, and he pulls this rib out and he fashions this woman, this woman who would be called Eve, the mother of all living. The mother, now listen, I'm saying the mother of all living. Not just the mother of her own children, but the mother of all living. He formed this woman. Now what we have now is we have man and we have woman And we have God who is one revealing himself through two. We have the attributes of God in the masculine, God as a masculine man. Because when we think of God, do you think of God as a man? You think God, Father God, we call him Father, he's a man. Yes, but God is all man, God is all woman. See, God has all of the attributes of humanity in him. But you see, what he did was he took out the part that was closest to his heart, that the, the rib that actually protects the heart. Do you know that this is the rib that protects the heart? He took the rib that protects the heart of humanity and he took that rib and he made a woman to be the protector of the heart of humanity. And then he poured every attribute that he had on the feminine side into woman. And woman was put on earth to represent, I'm saying represent, present again, represent God to the earth in every feminine, nurturing, loving, She was given to show forth the heart of God to the earth, the mother of all living. She was given, as Pastor Phil said, a womb, but not just a natural womb, but a spiritual womb, where she would bring forth life, where she would incubate the souls of men and women, where she would incubate life, where she would incubate 
the, the nurture and the love for humanity. And then she would go out and she would touch humanity and bring life wherever she went. And so we have this woman and the Hebrew name for Eve actually means life giver, life giver. And so this woman, she comes to represent the heart of God, to be the protector of the heart, because God wanted to represent his love on the earth. Because he wanted to represent his love on the earth, he gave woman the incredible privilege of actually having a human being deposited into her uterus. And to feel that human, that life force within her growing and moving. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to have children myself. I was told at 17 because I had cancer that I would never have children. When I met Phil and we were going to get married, I was 25 and I told him, I can't have children. I don't even have the bits that I need to produce children. And he said, doesn't matter, we'll adopt, whatever. And you, and you know, only, only three weeks after we were water baptised, I went to the doctor because I felt sick. And God had done a miracle. God in heaven had seen a little soul floating around named Jilly. She was going, send me, God, send me, send me, send me, God. I can sing, la, 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 send me. And God looked down at me and he looked at Jilly and he said, perfect fit. And he blew her down to earth and the seed landed in my uterus, in my womb, and a miracle was born. I, I don't know, that, I know you ladies that have had babies, you, you, can ex, you might be able to explain it, but I can't explain it. That feeling. If you try to explain it to someone else what it feels like to have a child inside of you that is growing and when they kick and when they move and, and, and when they're, you know, they're, oh, it's just amazing. And you hear their heartbeat. I went to Jillian and Andrew let me sneak into the ultrasound last week. <laughs> and I went in and I'm sitting there with Andrew and Jillies laying on the table. And this was the 20-week ultrasound so you get to see so much more than when I was pregnant. When I was pregnant it was this grey, hazy looking thing and they go, there's the baby's head and you go, okay, I believe you if you say so, yeah. There's the leg and it's like, yeah, sure. But here I am, I'm looking at these and, the, and these legs going like this and these little feet and they go and they zone, they zone in on the foot and there's this little foot and you can see all the toes. And then they, they came in on, and there's a little hand next to the head going like this. And it was just amazing. They went the heartbeat and we're going, doo, 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 the heartbeat, we can hear it. And then I'm looking and um, you're looking at the screen and they, and they hone in on the face. And you can see the little lips like this and the little profile of the nose. And I looked at Jillian and she's just laying there just wiping the tears. Away. Just like, oh my God, it's real. It's real. And I don't think that you can even describe the love that you feel at that moment. The love that you feel 
And then you go through the pregnancy and you know it's real, you know it's inside you and you're feeling it. And then you, you, have, you go through delivery. And then you have that moment where they just put this wrinkly, wet, funny looking thing on your chest. It's screaming and crying and covered in gunk. And you look at this face and the miracle of the love of God hits you. And that's when it hits the man. That's usually when it hits the man. Is that right, guys? They know, because they've just like kind of done it. They've just done this, he's reliving it right now. It's just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Andrew's a bit different, like, he's not like a normal man. Like normal men, it doesn't really hit them until the birth. But like their first ultrasound, there's this tiny little baby like that, their first ultrasound. We went over to their house for dinner and he was carrying the pictures around with him. And in the afternoon, I, I, they were on the mobile phone, they were on a loudspeaker, I'm saying to Julie, you know, what was it like out in the ultrasound? And Andrew's in the back of me going, we're having the baby! We're having the baby! You should have seen that! I was kicking and it was buried! It was just really, really excited. And then he carried these photos around with him all through dinner and we went to have dinner, he took the photos and put them on the table. Came inside, took the photos, put them, and he kept getting them out. We're having a baby. We're having a baby. It's just so gorgeous. You know, this love, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. You know, God demonstrates his love to us through this. And women get to experience that. And I, I love being a woman, Phil. I'm sorry. I don't know about these women libbers and all that. Down with women's liberation. I, I love being a woman. It's just amazing. I love being feminine. I love being looked after and I love having babies and I love loving people and I love the gifts that God has given me as a woman to love mankind, to love humanity and to touch and give life wherever I go. I celebrate that. And no way do I want to put a suit and tie on and pretend I'm something I'm not. I just love being a woman and I think it's an awesome privilege to know how to love and it's just amazing. See, it's hard for some of us to understand that a mother's love represents God's love and is supposed to show us God's love because some of us might have had unusual mothers. There's one there. Some of us may, like, like I know you were adopted, weren't you? And so you, you, had, you don't even know your birth mother. And so there's pain attached to when we say the word mother. Um, and, and so we have this, then, but we have one thing in common, all of us. We all have one. Or you wouldn't be here. You've all got a mother. Now, whether she was a good mother or a bad mother, <laughs> whether she's a good mother or a bad mother, it doesn't change the fact that she was a mother and she gave birth to you, amen? Is that right? And so when we think of Father God and we think of God and we think of this side of God, this nurturing, loving side of God, it's hard for us to take that concept on that God is loving, God is nurturing, God is forgiving, God is kind and all these things because we have this concept of an earthly mother that really didn't show us that. But you know, I wanna, what I want to do tonight is change your mind because no mother's perfect, neither is any father. 
He says our earthly parents do the best with what they've been given and they do the best with that. But God is perfect, amen. God is perfect in love. And his love is expressed really in 1 Corinthians 13. He talks about love is. Many people say, what is love? What is love? What is love? Explain love to me. What is love? You know, they write books on it. They sing songs about it. Everyone's talking about it. What is love? What is love? Well, it's just in 1 Corinthians 13. And it really does express not just the love of a mother, but the love of God. You know, if you ever read that, Leonie, and thought about this is the kind of love that I have for my kids, this 1 Corinthians 13 love. And if we do this and express this, then we're showing forth the love of God. But if we haven't been loved like that by mothers, then God wants to love us like that anyway. And especially as men, we can think that God just loves like we do. You know, like I'm a bloke and I just, this is the way I love. I don't talk much. I keep things to myself. Um, I'm not very, I'm not very emotional. I don't show my feelings much. I'm pretty hard, nose. I don't forgive too easy. I hold grudges, whatever. And we think because we're men that God must love like me. But we have to understand that God is all. God is one. God is one God. And his love is perfect in the sense that it has all the feminine attributes and all the male attributes in one. And he loves you out of all of that. Amen? So the same God that disciplines you is the mother that cuddles you afterwards. You hear what I'm saying? The same, I, know, I know when my dad used to discipline us, he would just stand up and touch his belt. We'd all go running, all six of us. You know, I don't know, I don't remember him hitting me with that belt, but I remember him certainly touching it. Just standing up, he'd just go, he's like John Wayne, you know, and just kids scatter everywhere, dad's belt. But if you did get in trouble off dad, you know, he would usually be just yelling at you, yelling, and, and you would go, you know, and you'd be in your room talking to the wall. Anybody talk to the wall? Anybody in their room like, I hate this world, I'm running away. I did run away once. I ran away once. I got the guts up to run away because I was a bit of a scaredy cat. I didn't want to run away too far. So I ran into the laundry out the back and we had six kids, eight people in the family and mum didn't wash very often. She was a hopeless housekeeper. And there was these piles of dirty washing. And so I thought, I'll hide in there. And then mum will know I'm there. She'll come and find me if I'm not too far away. So I got in all the dirty washing, stunk like anything hid underneath it and waited and waited and waited and she knew exactly where I was. She was in the kitchen laughing her head off. She didn't come. When I came, finally came inside now, she said, for your discipline, you can go and sort out the washing. So I went and sorted the washing and found a female funnel web spider in there. Didn't go hiding ever again. Where was I? I got lost. Yeah, I know it's love. Give me something better than that. Hey? Oh, yeah, that's right. And so Dad would yell at you, yell at you, and you're talking to the wall, and you're saying you're going to run away, and then you'd hear the door slightly open, and and my mum's face would go, Jules, yes, (laughs) mummy. And she'd just come and she'd say, shh, don't tell your father. Don't tell your father. And she'd just sit there and say, 
gets a bit cranky sometimes, doesn't it? And she would cuddle you and everything would be all right. But do you know that God is exactly the same as that? The same God who comes to you, and usually he never comes to you just yelling at you. He'll come first to you and say, do you know you're amazing, you're incredible, he'll encourage you, he'll lift you up, and then he'll say, you know, but we could work on this little area here. And then you're going, oh, God. And then he comes and he gives you a big hug and he says, hey, you can do it. And he gives you that mother's hug. It's the same God. He's the same. And we can see it in humanity. We can see it in this 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. You know, a mother's love is patient. Is it Leonie? Okay, was a mother's love patient. Oh, Jane. Jane knows that. She has to be very patient. And mother's love is patient. And, and mothers, women, make sure your love is patient. Because someone has to be patient with humanity and with children. Someone has to. Someone has to walk it through with them. Love is kind. Now listen, God's patient with you. Do you know he's patient with you? You're, you're impatient. You go, I want to change, I want to do this. I want to, oh, God, look at me, I'm a mess. He's just totally patient with you. He knows the beginning from the end. He's got it all written in his book. He's not in a hurry. He's not worried. He knows you. You know, just like I was watching that ultrasound with Jilly and watching her baby kick around and watching those facial feet, God says, I formed you in your mother's womb. I watched you being formed in your mother's womb and I watched you. I watched you. I formed you in the secret place. I formed you and I shaped you into everything you are. He knows everything about you and he's totally patient with you. Amen. Love is kind. A mother's love is kind. God's love is kind. The natural nurturing part of God's heart is kind towards you. Why do they think they call Teresa Mother Teresa? They called her Mother Teresa because she was showing forth the mother heart of God to a dying people to a humanity that no one would love. And she would go and love the loveless. She would, the same as a mother's heart would, pick up the, the filthy leper off the street and hold them when they're dying. And she said, they said, why do you do this? She said, because Jesus said, if you do it unto the least of these, you do it unto me. She was showing forth the heart of God, the mother heart of God to humanity. Amen. It does not boast. It is not proud. I don't see many mothers like these single mums. I don't see them walking around saying, you know, I'm a single mum. You know how hard it is for me. You know, like I've raised these kids. Look at them. She doesn't get up there when Pastor Phil is talking about Dan and saying how great. She doesn't stand up and say, yeah, but I did that. No, they don't boast and neither does God. God doesn't boast. He's not proud. He's gentle. He's humble. He's, He's soft with you. He wants you to get the glory. He's always pushing you forward. He's always, he wants you on the pedestal. He wants you under the lights. He wants his child to have all the praise that, that is due to them. He wants you to get the applause. He wants you to get the encouragement. It's about him. It's not rude. Love is not rude. And it's not self-seeking. I've got a, a mother is a person seeing that there are only four pieces of pie and five people promptly announces that she never really did care for pie anyway. And God is like that too, because he gives, doesn't he? He gave his only son. God's love is exactly like that for you. 
and you can see it in the heart of the mother heart of God. It's not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs. You know, some of us think that, that God's love is really angry, but the mother heart of God, the, the attributes of the heart of God that are the nurturing, he's not easily angered. He's not easily angered. He, he has long suffering for a long time. His, his, his love for you, he's not cranky. Can I say that? God's not cranky at you. It doesn't matter how many things you've done wrong or where you think you've blown it, he is not easily angered. You have to do a whole bunch of stuff to make God angry at you. And I think the only one that he's angry with would probably be the devil. The rest of us are in his good books, as far as I'm concerned. Because when I read the end of the story, he's the only one that's eternally damned and we go to live with him forever. I reckon that's God is good. He keeps no record of wrongs. You know, you think that there's, you know, like with a mum, I think they're the most forgiving people in the world. Is that right, Jess? It is. I'm not saying that because Jess needs a lot of forgiveness. She, she just always had a revelation of that, Mum, you're so forgiving. Like, I can just come and tell you anything. And, and I can just be real with you. And you never, you're not going to judge me, Mum. You don't judge me. And you know, God doesn't judge you either. And a mother's heart doesn't judge, and, a, and God's heart, Ros, would you ever judge your children? Even when they were going through the hardest times, even when they were just like rat bags and you want to kick them out, you, you know, would you, have, would you have your arms open every time they came home? Even when they came home in a state that was disgusting to you? Yet you would have your arms open at that door. You would bring them in, you would wash them, you would clean them, you would feed them. You would sit them in a place of honour in your home. And you would say, this is my daughter and whom I love. This is my daughter whom I am pleased with. That's the story of the prodigal son. That's the father heart of God. That's the father heart of God that is the nurturing, loving mother's heart that he gave to woman to display on the earth and that we all need to have a part of. Amen. It says this quote here, The heart of a mother is a deep abyss at the bottom of at the bottom of which you will always find forgiveness. And it goes on to say, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. You know, like a mother knows when you're doing things wrong. She just has this innate sense. I don't think you can lie to mothers very easily at all. They just know. It's in the eyes, isn't it, Gail? Like you just... You just know, don't you, Sue? You just know when your kids are up to something, even when they're not with you. You just get this gut, is that right? You get a gut feeling. Jake's going, yeah, she's like that. You know? And many times, the Lord would prophetically show me things with my children. They say, it's bad enough having a mother that's pastor, but having a mother that's prophetic as well it really stinks because God would show me things before they did them. That's a, that's a good thing to have, Lisa. And I would begin to go into my prayer closet and begin to intercede 
because I would see that this friend was going to take them this way or this was going to happen and that was... And every day of their lives, I've interceded for my children, for my daughters. Like people say, your children are so beautiful. Like, what happened? I said, you don't see the hours. You don't see the tears and the crying and the wailing that I put in. Partnering with God to see those children established, even now. Even I intercede for my grandchild right now. Already I'm interceding, I'm interceding that, that my grandchild will preach like that. Amen. And do you know that God does that for you? Do you know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father right now, interceding for you to the Father, and the Father's heart of love is open for you, and he wants to stop things happening to you before they happen. Love always protects. Love always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never gives up. You know, the church, when God speaks about the church, he talks about the church as feminine. He calls the church she. He calls the church the bride of Christ. Why does he call the church feminine? Because each one of us should show forth in the church the attributes of the mother heart of God to any person that walks through that door. This church should be a large, life-giving womb that is so full of the true love of God that it permeates in everything we do. And I reckon we actually have it. I think we actually have it here. Amen? And I never, ever want to be, want the world to think that we are exhibiting a critical, judgmental God, that when they walk through that door, they're going to be looked at by their outward appearance and judged. I want them, when they walk through that door, like we gave a standing ovation to those women this morning, that they would have a standing ovation when they walk in the house of God. Just want to watch this clip, and then I'm finished. Let's just watch that. Hello there. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? My name is Susan Boyle. I'm nearly 48, currently unemployed but still looking. And I'm going to sing for you on Britain's Got Talent today. Yeah, that's nervous. Yeah, sure, no. Yeah, well, that's, that's not surprising, but you're not trying. I've got, I've got fighting mood, you know. At the moment, I live in Maloney with my cat called Pebbles. But I've never been married. <laughs> never been kissed. Oh, shame. <laughs> but it's not an advert. <laughs> and have you done this for many a year? Since I was 12. Since you were 12? I've always wanted to perform in front of a large audience. I'm going to make that audience rock. Hi, what's your name, darling? My name is Susan Boyle. Okay, uh, Susan, uh, where are you from? I am from Blackburn, near Bathgate, West Lothian. It's a big town. It's a sort of collection of... It's a collection of... Uh, villages. How do you think, there? And how old are you, Susan? I am 47. <laughs> and that's just one side of me. <laughs> okay, what's the dream? I, I'm trying to be a professional singer. 
And why hasn't it worked out so far, Susan? I've never been given the chance before, but here's hoping it'll change. Okay, and who would you like to be as successful as? Elaine Page. Elaine Page. What are you going to sing tonight? I'm going to sing I Dreamed a Dream from the Miserables. Okay. Big song. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Without a doubt, that was the biggest surprise I have had in three years on the show. When you stood there with that cheeky grin and said, I, I want to be like Elaine Page, everyone was laughing at you. No one is laughing now. That was stunning. An incredible performance. Amazing. I'm reeling from shock about you two, but... I am so thrilled because I know that everybody was against you. I honestly think that we were all being very cynical and I think that's the biggest wake-up call ever. And I just want to say that it was a complete privilege listening to that. 
It was inspirational. I knew the minute you walked out oh, Simon! on that stage that we were going to hear something extraordinary, and I was right. Not a lot of touch. Susan, you are a little tiger, aren't you? Oh, I don't know about that. You are. Okay, moment of truth. Here's yes or no. The biggest yes I have ever given anyone. Amanda? Yes, definitely. Susan Boyle, you can go back to the village with your head held high. It's three yeses. Like that. Inside of humanity, there is a beautiful creation waiting to come out. And when we have the heart of God, when someone walks through that door, and we're not sitting there like those critics judging and weighing people up, but we open our arms up like the mother heart of God in this house and be an incubator, a womb for love, then we're going to see people like this being coming into the fullness of what their lives were intended to be. Amen?